All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. <laughs> I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? What up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And we have got a great one for you today in Waseta, and we're going to get to it in a minute as we continue kind of going, using January to go back through what we missed in 2023. And we're not a current mm-hmm. events podcast, but Dave, i got to ask you, you're down <laughs> in Miami. Are there aliens at your mall now? Is that what's happening? You got aliens at the uh, mall you know, I'm pretty sure there's aliens all over Miami, uh, whether they come from afar or from really afar. That's uh, that's 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 a different story. Um, all I know is that if you've ever driven in Miami, you can better fucking believe it that there's aliens here because <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Like that, like, you know, like how everything like for, for those of you that that don't know, look up Bayside police activity yeah and you're gonna find out what he's talking about it's the weirdest thing you know like uh, so I, really... oh whoa internet just crashed I'm I think you're, either you're breaking up or i'm breaking up it was it was me we're i'm back now. I'm good. but yeah like you know uh, how okay like, cool it's like uh social media feeds are cultivated based on stuff you like i have just been like inundated mm-hmm. with like there are aliens like outer space aliens at the mall in miami <laughs> and i'm like okay uh, so here, here's the thing. I wasn't in town when that happened. Um, the wife and I had taken the kids up to uh, to Asheville for uh, for Christmas break. Right. And so we, we were not in town. And my Instagram feed was inundated with this. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in Miami? I'm like, I, I, I thought I left this madness behind. Like, this is like different madness. This is not like, you know, hey, LeBron's in town sort of stuff. Like, this is <laughs> this is something else. And not anyone that I know. I happen to know quite a few people. No one is like, I, 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 I was there and I saw something. <laughs> so uh plus like no one in miami actually goes to bayside mall <laughs> it, it, it's it's strictly for german tourists only oh, okay. german tourists so uh the next time i see someone named hans or franz and they're ready to pump me up i'm gonna ask them like whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a second what happened at bayside mall that mall being strictly for german tourists explains why those blurry figures are so <laughs> tall and pale like I get that it might now. Be white. Yeah, it's all and no, it, was, it, it was it was just a, a European dude. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we uh, we Caribbean folk. We've never seen him before. Right. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> back to uh, the actual episode. Of course, we uh, like I said earlier, we've been we decided to kind of use January to go back through, look at some stuff we missed in 2023, and one that I kept stumbling across. It kept popping up on a lot of people's like you probably missed this this year list for 2023 was. Was Santa the Bone Woman, 
mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, by the way, if you're listening and you haven't watched it yet, do not make the mistake of searching for La Wuseta or nothing will find it. I made that yeah. mistake yesterday and almost was unable to find it, even though I knew it was streaming on AMC. Um, yep. So this is a movie that has got a lot to unpack. So we're going to yeah. go ahead and get into it here. And uh, kind of starting off with a section that we're calling uh, Terra Feminista. I mean, let's let's get into kind of just your overall feel of this movie, because there's a lot of emotion, a lot of drama. There's just a lot to get into here. So just like let's let's skim the surface as we get started here. So when when you told me about this, because I didn't know about this movie at all, you said it's a it's a Mexican horror movie. Um, I said, OK, well, I'm in, you know, right. because I'm, I'm I'm thinking like. I don't know an awful lot about Mexican cinema, but um, I do know that Guillermo del Toro is Mexican cinema Correct. and horror. And I'm like, okay, if this is anything like Guillermo del Toro, like I'm in. And it was nothing like Guillermo <laughs> del Toro. No. And it was all the better for it, I think, because um, this is like you read the description of it. And all of a sudden you start getting, at least I got, um, like Rosemary's Baby vibes. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be like Rosemary's Baby. It's about a woman who is pregnant and she's got to go to witches for, um, you know, whatever supernatural thing is happening to her. To me, that sounds a lot like Rosemary's Baby, but this is nothing like Rosemary's Baby. In fact, it's, um, I mean, and it might be due to the fact that it was, you know, written and directed by a woman, uh, not by a um, a sex offender uh, right. man. Uh, <laughs> but, um, wow, like this is, I think, up there with The Love Witch with um, the most feminist movie we've done on the podcast. Without uh, a doubt. With the, 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 the feminist themes are all over this. Um, I, as a, uh, as a devout feminist was like, all right, I'm on board with this. So I, um, I was like, well, let me watch. And I had no idea what was going to happen. All I knew was that anytime we've done foreign horror, uh, whether it be from, uh, from Spain, from, uh, actually, is this only the second foreign horror we've done? Um, because we did like... platform, no, because we also did the Argentinian one that we haven't done yet. Right, we've got the Argentinian one. We did platform, which was Japanese. We did um, the platform one was Japanese. The... Oh, platform was Japanese. Platform's Japanese. Yeah. Um, we did the the one with the the Ouija board and the family that gets like tortured. The Spanish one, yeah, yeah, another Spanish one. So I mean, we've we've dabbled. So we we yeah, we've we've dabbled every time we've done foreign horror. It is like swinging for the fences. Yes. It's trying to do something and whether it lands or not, that's something else, but it does something for me. This is one that I'm glad I saw two days ago so Mm -hmm. that I could have more than enough time to think about this thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's literally what I texted you when I finished it last night. I was like, there are a few times I've been happier to have 24 hours to sit on a movie before we talked mm-hmm. about it because you're right every time we have done a foreign horror on here like other countries 
seem to use this as a platform much more for social issues than um, Mm -hmm. Americans have until very recently. We have started to see kind of a growth in that. But this movie very, very wonderfully and like simultaneously, delicately and brutally just tackles so many issues that have to do with like heteronormacy and gender Mm -hmm. roles and some things like that. And I had absolutely no idea what to expect because every time this would pop up on one of those things that put it on my radar, it always came with the caveat of go in blind. So I never Mm -hmm. looked at anything other than the fact that, okay, be ready for the fact that it's in Spanish, which, you know, I'm good with. That's what, Mm -hmm. that's what subtitles are for. But also I understood, (laughs) I understood a little bit. Uh, Un poquito. So you you, you are good with the Spanish. (laughs) I, I try. I try. Six years. Um, and, uh, and two weeks in Spain. So it, it does a lot with all of that. While also, this is one of the most tense movies that we've done at least in a long time, if not in the, you know, like hundred episodes or whatever of this show that I've done at this point, this movie is constant tension. It is nothing but stress. It, got so much going on that you're and and without just constantly feeding you exposition it's just it's just here's this here's that here's but it all connects it's not just Mm -hmm. like you're throwing stuff at the wall like we want to talk about this issue and that issue they're everything that they do in this movie connects into this just beautiful tapestry of strangeness this movie Mm -hmm. is terrifying it is tense it is strange and it really it just leaves you like i said i texted you as soon as it was over and i was like okay i got i got 24 hours to kind of sit on this and and i've 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 used that 24 hours and for anybody who's uh listening who may not be from my neck of the woods here in alabama here in west and northern alabama we've been frozen solid for the past couple of days, I'm actually finishing up. Um, a, we started, we got Friday off of last week because of storms that were bad enough to close school. Then Tuesday and today, it's been so damn cold in the morning. They're like, we're not putting kids at bus stops because it's been like nine degrees yeah. with a wind chill of close to zero. Yesterday, roads were ice. Today, it was just too damn cold to, to go out. So I had not only 24 hours to sit on it, but nothing else to do today except for run by the dry cleaners. So I have actually watched this again today while also sitting on it. And, uh, I, there's, there's a lot of really great stuff here. There's, uh, there's just, there's, there's some good characters. There's a very interesting story and there's a conclusion to this that kind of just, leaves you scratching your head and allows you to kind of decide what you think you want it to be, which I also loved. Yeah. And I, I think that that is one of the things that's best about this is the fact that um, the story, um, which we're going to talk about in a section we're calling coming to terms, um, uh, which is actually the only English uh, titled section here. Um also a great visual joke. If you're not watching us, we go out live every Wednesday, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. There's <laughs> a great visual joke there with coming to terms. If you're watching, you'd see. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think either of us are like genius level intellect, but no. we're certainly not stupid or at least 
no one can prove it. Um, Correct. so, um, the, the story here, I think is one that is very obvious in what it's talking about. It doesn't, um, I don't think it leaves a lot to interpretation. It's, it's pretty much like it is what it is. This, um, this woman has done what she thinks that society and her family need her to do. Valeria is a woman who feels like she needed to get married and have a baby. And so she did. Um, but the ending, like you say, is one that could possibly be interpreted in a number of different ways. Um, what did the story do for you, Daniel? On, on on any number of levels because i think there's so many levels to the story there there's a lot to this story so we're mm -hmm. we're introduced to this character of valeria and we see that her and her husband are trying to get pregnant they're very excited about it and so you start off and you're like oh okay it's gonna be you know so you, you start you immediately start to get like these rosemary's baby or omen vibes and you you know it's like okay and something's gonna be wrong with the baby uh, you are then not, it's not long before you're introduced to her family and all of them are just roasting the shit out of her about how she's mm -hmm. got no business having a kid. Uh, and then weird stuff starts happening to her. She immediately starts seeing these faceless, but kind of, they have a face people that, uh, it's like a blurred face and there's just this horrendous bone cracking sound that's associated with seeing them, but she can never, nobody else ever sees them. And so she's trying to do what she thinks is the right thing. What everybody is telling, you know, what, what society, like you said, has told her she's supposed to do. She's supposed to get married. She's supposed to go have a kid. And so she's trying to just get involved in this. We see her give up her workshop and build a crib and she starts to go through all of this but you can always kind of tell there's some uh disdain might be the word there yeah. for for having to do this stuff and it, it just keeps going to where she's losing her mind at least she she can't tell if she's losing her mind but that's what everybody thinks is that she's losing her mind she's seeing these things she's not fit to be a mom she's terrorizing her niece and nephew from by from their perspective by scaring the hell out of him and telling him that telling everybody that all this stuff's going on all the while she's just trying to have a baby because that's what she's supposed to do and so you you get this movie where you start to unwrap it and you start to go, well, how much of this is actually happening or how much of it is this sort of like partum psychosis because she's at, uh, at odds with herself about whether or not this is what she wants to be doing. We eventually get the flashback where we find out that she used to have a girlfriend and was not interested in boys and all of this and it all just keeps building to where you realize that this isn't kind of what she wanted out of life, right? This is just her falling into the norms of what's expected. And right. so what's amazing about the story here is it does call into question how much of this stuff is actually happening Versus how much of it is actually her having a mental breakdown because she is not 
at, at, at first, she's not physically ready to have a baby. We see that she's losing weight. The doctor says that she's anemic. She's not eating. But then how much of it is just her completely detaching from reality because she's not not only not not mentally ready, but it's not anything she ever wanted. And so you're immediately just slammed in the face with these these ideas of gender roles and you find out you know she eventually goes back to octavia her girlfriend and mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of push and pull between them i mean it's just for this movie to only be 90 minutes long a lot happens here and it's kind of hard to one thing i noticed while re-watching it today is if somebody were to be like tell me what happens in this movie it gets kind of hard to tell what happens because so much of this is atmospheric that yeah. just just telling the story, it takes like a minute and a half, right? Like you can get through telling what happens in this in, in 90 seconds. There's almost no story. There's like just right. enough story. And so that's what's interesting about this section, right? And talking about the story is really the whole story is woman gets pregnant. Woman is either terrorized by supernatural entity or having a mental breakdown, eventually visits witches to kind of come to terms with that. But then again, how much of what happens to her there, you know, actually happened versus, you know, she just had a really weird dream, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, um, it's interesting because I didn't I didn't get that sort of. Is it or is it not happening vibe from the movie? Um, I think that's something that I got from Rosemary's Baby. Right. Where. Um, there was this uncertainty about whether or not um, Rosemary was actually being, you know, uh, thrust into the supernatural world with witches and, and all of that. In this movie, I never once considered that this was um, the, the supernatural being visited upon Valeria. What my thought was is... This is um, 100% her, um, her psyche being manifest in a physical way. Right. And, um, and that's, that's the way that I think I saw the movie when she very first sees the, um, that faceless person right by Octavia's place as she's leaving her parents' home. And certainly when she sees the woman you know, the faceless woman jump and hit the street. Yes. And, and Raul comes and, uh, and he's trying to comfort her and he's telling her there's no one here. Um, that's when I was like, okay, you know what? Um, I'm pretty sure that this is, I don't think it's all in her head either. I think it's just her, uh, discomfort. And, and I think that that's something that is present in anyone who is having their first child. Um, because even, even as a man, uh, not the person carrying the, um, you know, the, the, the baby to term, like for me, when we were pregnant with link, I had all sorts of thoughts about like, am I ready to do this? Like, and I was, right. you know, I was 27. So, you know, young, I guess, but old enough where I was like, I had a, I had a stable job. 
you know, it, it, we, we had a place, we, we had cars, you know, so it was like, I, for all intents and purposes, my, my life was as stable it was as it was ever going to be. And yet I was still like, well, am I ready to have a kid? Mm-hmm. And all the thoughts that go along with that. Um, Daniel, you and I have known each other for a couple of years, but you never knew me before uh, before me being a dad. Right. Um, I, I had no gray hair. None <laughs> at all. And and granted, Link's almost 10 and a lot can happen in 10 years. But like, I am gray. I am gray. And in the last, like, I want to say two years, my hair has started thinning a lot. Ah. You know, but all of that started like the moment that my wife said, hey, I'm pregnant. Right. And so like those thoughts are powerful powerful thoughts and if this is something that you don't want that shit manifests itself in a lot of different ways and i think when you're talking about art when you're talking about cinema the way that manifests itself is in a physical way and so i i always thought that this was just physical manifestation of what she's going through psychologically um actually i was commenting to you that i think uh, before the show started, I think this might be more of a psychological thriller than a horror movie. The thing is that it's so Cronenbergian, yes. That um, that the 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 psychological aspect of the movie is so horrific. Yes. Also, the body horror the, element of it. Right. Right. The body horror element, and and that's the thing is that as a man, I felt this stuff. As a woman, I can't imagine what that is like. Where it's like I am a host to a parasite that's like biology right before it's born it's a fucking parasite right so um you know and that's not to say that you know what once it comes to term and it, it's a you know beautiful baby and blah 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 all that stuff but it's literally sucking you dry correct and even after it's born it's sucking you dry you know so um like I can't imagine what it's like without all of the physical trauma that mm-hmm. goes into the actual childbirth, the reorganizing of your organs, the pushing of your bones. It's it's terrifying. I can't imagine going through it. There's no way I could. Yeah, you know? no. Um, I, I've had I've had two kidney stones, and I, I I never want to have another one again. Uh, did you see that? What the fuck was that? I don't know. Something happened last. Okay, if you're watching live, a bunch of balloons just uh, just floated up in front of Dave's face. Something like that happened last week too. There was a bubble on your face, and I don't know what you're doing or why it's happening. Um, I'm not touching the screen. Okay, interesting. Really weird. Yeah. And now the light's that. flickering. Yeah, it happened. It happened last week too. Like except for last week, it was just like a random bubble popped up on your face. So weird. Anyway, yeah. So there, there's a really interesting thing that you said there that uh, that I want to make sure that, that we touch on, and that's the fact that, like I said, I I kept saying that this is about you know her doing what she thinks is right, and and it being <laughs> and uh, uh, everybody has those questions of you know can I do this with your first kid? Everybody has those questions, but there was something you said there that I think is vitally different about this movie, and that is the fact that deep down she didn't want to do right. this and i think that that's where so much of this stems from when if, with everything that's happening is that deep down she didn't want to be a wife and a mm-hmm. mom 
And and that leads to so much of what's happening here. I, I, as far as the, the the psychological thriller, body horror aspect of this, I will say, even if it is more of a thriller than a horror, this movie has some legitimately horrifying, like, mm-hmm. not horror, terrifying moments. There are some yeah. things in this movie that are some, some great jump scares. Uh, and honestly... I think that this movie is the closest I've come to throwing up watching Mm. a movie that we've done. And it wasn't because of anything that was like grotesque. You know, I'm not one of these people who brags about like, oh, I watch the I don't watch super gross stuff just to say I can. But it wasn't anything grotesque that made me that made me feel like I was going to throw up. It was after the baby was born when the husband goes out. And she has that moment where she just kind of snaps and you see arms go into the crib. You see the baby on the monitor. The baby lifts out. You hear a window open. You don't hear the baby anymore. And then she lays down and goes to sleep, wakes up and can't find, can't, can't find the baby. I honestly thought I was going to throw up. I was so yeah. scared and nervous that she had in, like I said, like this sort of postpartum psychosis, just dropped that baby out a window. And I, I, I was sitting there with my hoodie covering my face, focusing on not puking because if, when she opened that window, if there had been an indication that she had dropped that baby out of the window, I really thought I was going to puke right there in that moment. That is one of the most scared I've ever been in a movie not just doing this podcast i was absolutely terrified in that moment and what's amazing about that is it had nothing to do with what i was seeing it wasn't a jump scare it wasn't it it wasn't you know just like like something horrendous on the screen that was the truest form of fear by tension that I can think of in recent memory. And I don't know if it's me or you that is just gone out. So if it is you, I'm going to keep talking and we'll see what's happening. But that particular part just got me. Okay. And it seems that I've lost Dave. So we're going to give him a second to come on back. Uh, and I do want to take a second to, uh, you know, just while we're discussing the 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 story of this movie and the moments that are so scary like that particular one that i was talking about there is a lot to be said about the way that they scare people in this movie uh and if you have seen this and you are currently watching live with us feel free to chime in because at the moment i'm kind of flying solo dave will be back i'm sure it's just having some technical issues but there is a lot of really great scary stuff in here and they do a lot with with different bits and pieces of it and there's dave he's back okay you didn't miss much i was just kind of vamping um but i was i was just saying while we're discussing the story i do want to get into talking about the parts of this movie that were genuinely just terrifying other than the did she drop the baby out a window moment so what in this movie scared you um, I will say that is the moment that for me, I think would be most terrifying. Um, I caught while uh, my signal was coming in and out, 
you're talking about the the feeling of like nearly throwing up and and for for me that there was there was this moment of like what did she do with the baby right um and then she goes over to the window and she has this reaction and yes. and it, it she is so damn good because that reaction could have very well been she's looking at like the viscera of mm -hmm. what what she just did or she's not seeing the baby there and now she has no idea where right. this baby is and for a long time you have no idea what's going on the tension here uh and and i i did hear you say tension is just it's masterful to oh. think that this is a uh a, a freshman film like yeah. uh, the 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 director here has literally never directed a feature film before this like mm -hmm. fucking wow um i think that the use of the knuckle cracking and the bone cracking for the uh la Huesera is such a an amazing use of motif in a way that we don't normally see right we tip we typically see that in the use of music and i think that's the most common way that we see it we see it in lighting a lot where uh like the ambiance will change and it will give us an indication that okay some shit's about to happen but you hear bone cracking and you never know if valeria is you know cracking her knuckles or if la Huesera's around and the thing is that um something that i was i was getting at was I knew it was her the whole time. And I think that we're supposed to know it's her the whole time. But whether it's her or her is, right. is I think, the, the, the big thing here. And to me, that was the scariest thing is how aware is she of the things that she's doing? Yeah. Is, is she understanding that she's doing something right now? Because I think anyone who's a parent... I think you're lying to yourself if you say you've never once thought I would give anything for the crying to stop. Yeah. I would give anything for five minutes more sleep. And I think that's that's the ugly truth about parenting because we love these things with all our heart and we do anything for them. And in fact, Valeria does. She mm -hmm. makes a really difficult decision because she decides at the end of the movie that she, the best thing for this baby is for her to leave. Right. That that can't be an easy decision. Um, I don't know anyone personally uh, because, you know, I know people who have, you know, parents who have abandoned them. But right. I don't I don't know anyone personally who has had parents abandon them. But I can imagine that that is like the hardest decision that anyone can make. I don't think that anyone makes that decision lightly. Right. I don't care what your 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 outlook on life is. I don't care what your mentality is. Um, that's got to be a difficult decision. And it, it is 
nonetheless, I think the right decision, um, and it's one that obviously doesn't sit well with Raul. Uh, it's one that maybe years down the road she might regret. But in that moment, what we see happen in the spirit world or whatever it is that you want to call it, that the 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 witches kind of put her in where she does face down this like bone creature that to me was like yeah you're dangerous for this child right whether or not you're putting it in physical danger or emotional danger um that you, like you're not ready to be a mother and yeah. the best thing is for you to just you know split yeah, because it was it was interesting because my my very initial thought was okay, baby's here, she's gone crazy, and that Raul was was saying okay, you've got to go, mm -hmm. and then it was like, and then I I just had this moment, and the credits started to roll, and I was like, wait, 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 no, 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 like I've misinterpreted, and I went back and I rewatched that final scene from when she wakes up until the credits roll, and that was when I had the realization where I was like, no, she's just choosing to leave. Uh, which, you know, it, like you said, is just a brutal decision. And so I, I do want to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a second here and Dave, I'm going to call an audible because while we're discussing the story here and there's still a lot to get into, I do want to go ahead and, um, and do what we were going to introduce later as a section called El Arte de Cine. And I want to, I want to talk about the filmmaking here as we get into mm -hmm. kind of what makes this so scary, because you're right. There's not a lot of story here for us to continue to talk about, but there is still a lot to, um, to kind of unpack. So rather than come back to this, let's throw this in there now, because I want to take a second to really talk about what is combination story and filmmaking. And that is that final scene when she does visit uh, Las Brujas, right? And mm -hmm. so she goes to these women and she just knows that there's something dark attached to her, I believe is what her aunt told her or, mm -hmm. or what uh, Ursula told her. Ursula told her right. like there's there's some funky shit like attached to you. <laughs> right. So she, she goes to these witches and there's this amazing moment that for a second seems like a throwaway line where uh, her aunt says to her, in this place, in this reality, this blanket is your baby. Yeah. And so they take her, they dunk her in water. When she comes up, she's by herself. She's wandering through the woods. She finds this blanket. And so the first thought is, okay, where's the baby? Then you go, wait a minute. The blanket is the baby. So she's holding right. on to this for dear life. She's attacked by all of these weird bone creature things that kind of tear her to shreds as she's desperately trying to hold on to this blanket, which, you know, which is, which you can interpret a lot of ways, but upon rewatch today kind of hit me as all of the things that we've talked about that are the issues that this movie is addressing physically tearing her apart all so she can hang on to her baby. All so she can hang on to her blanket. And so last night when I was sitting there watching it, I'm sitting there, you know, like screaming, like, just, just don't let go of the blanket. No matter what happens, just don't let go of the blanket. And then, and then it gets out of her hand and she watches it. And what is a version of her kind of walk off and burn and go on rewatch today. And on thinking about it, the blanket didn't just, she, it didn't just get out of her grasp she met that was the moment 
when she knew that the only way she was going to survive this and her baby was going to survive this to let go if she let go yeah and like re-watching it today going into it with okay i think that might be what it was and and getting into that last scene with that like that scene just oh my god it and then and then like the the version of her just wrapped in that blanket that that catches fire and walks off and collapses and she wakes up and you can tell she's better because she's finally let go of all of these things that was so masterfully crafted from a writing from a shooting from an everything perspective that final scene of this movie was so wildly incredible it it really is um because it it was very much um i know a lot of people give this one particular scene in empire strikes back a lot of shit the scene where luke goes down under the tree and he fights vader and then right the 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 mask comes off and it's him and it's like oh you're the darkness inside the thing you know and then you can interpret that in any way you want you know you know is is he part of vader you know whatever uh or is vader part of him that's what this was though because she gets attacked by something that's not there right but it visits some sort of trauma upon her because when she wakes up she's a changed person and what i think the interesting thing is that the the bone creature right this like amalgamation takes the she lets go and it takes the blanket which represents the baby and then the blanket when she wakes up is there in the middle of this hallway Mm -hmm. and it's walking away from her but it's her and then it burns, right? Which is the image that if you're watching live, you know, it's 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 here in the background. Um, I think that's such an important imagery because it can be interpreted in any number of ways. But the way I see it is if you remain at the heart of this baby, you will destroy it. Right. And yourself, because you're not ready to have this baby. Maybe you'll never be ready to have a baby. And maybe that's not something that you want. Maybe that's not something you need to be ready for. Um, What I think is most interesting about that is the parallels that are drawn between her and her aunt. Yeah, the Um, spinster aunt. Right, the spinster aunt. The way that that the aunt is ridiculed by the mother and by the sister, who are the prototypical Latina woman. They had children. They stayed at home. They maintain a household. Um, and I don't think that that's, you know, germane to the Latino culture. But, right. um, you know, in, in, in this case, this is what we're talking about. Um, the way they ridicule her aunt, and we find out that the aunt had to undergo some sort of ritual that left a mark upon her. Mm-hmm. There's a physical mark upon her, but there's the mark that she bears as the spinster as well. This is exactly what Valeria is going through, which is why her aunt looks at Valeria and understands her. Right. She is her aunt and her aunt sees herself in, in her. And the, I think the best thing about that relationship Um, is that 
her sister and her mother seem really unhappy. Right. And and I don't think that the movie's ultimate message is that motherhood makes you unhappy. But I do think that the movie's message is that motherhood is not for everyone. And that if it's not what you want, don't do it. Don't do it because your parents want you to. Don't do it because society wants you to. Because there is a possibility that even though someone may laugh at you, that someone may make fun of you, you go on and you live a happy life. And I think that we see that in her aunt. I think that uh, her aunt is in so few scenes, but those scenes that she's in, I particularly like the way that the scenes with uh, her and her friends are shot because there's genuine happiness seen, I think, for the only time in the movie. Right. Because even when we flash back to Valeria's past, her and, and, and Octavia, when there was happiness in her life, there's a conflicted feeling there because her brother was supposed to go to college, is not going to college anymore. The brother's not present anywhere in right. the story. My assumption, dude's not in the picture anymore. Yeah. So he's gone. You're next in line, right? Maybe you're the second oldest. And um, in, in every culture, the oldest is the one that takes on the mantle of the thing that was supposed to be in the family. And so she goes on to college. She drops Octavia and starts dating a dude. She marries that dude and now i guess she's got to become a mother and we see that that like her family doesn't want to acknowledge her as anything other than fake right so she's ridiculed for being what she is but she's also ridiculed for being what for trying to be what everyone wants her to be um and and i think that this is ultimately like the 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 feminist message in this movie is like no matter what you do as a woman you're fucked yeah because society and your family and everyone including your husband the person who is supposed to be closest to you is not gonna care about you and i think the movie does a really good job at that the the way that valeria is shot since we're talking about the the art of cinema here we've talked about this before um subject separation the blurred out backgrounds yes um there's times in which you don't want a blurry background in which you want everything to be in focus, but they chose to keep her in focus and everything else out of focus. And it's because she feels alone. There's nothing in the screen that feels for her except her on her on is always in focus, just like she is. So when, when, when that's shot, they stop down, they go to a, to a, a much tighter aperture and they make sure that you see a lot more of the world in focus. But otherwise, it's Valeria and no one else. Think about how often you actually see her husband's face in focus, right. her sister's face in focus. You don't. And I think that this is something that we saw a lot in Talk to Me, where things that were alienating that, you know, uh, that heroine, I can't remember her name right now, Mia, um, like that was out of focus. And I think it's a beautiful storytelling technique here. And the fact that we 
don't have a lot of the context for why the family thinks that she's a fake, for why Octavia thinks she's a fake, for why she doesn't feel like she's ready to be a mother. We get one story that she, like, as a child, dropped another kid. Right. Which, like, fuck, I mean... I, I have accidentally while watching my uh, my siblings, whether it was, you know, younger siblings, I'm, I'm the oldest in my family of my generation. So like I watched everyone, you know, so like whether it was uh, watching a, a younger sister or watching a cousin like, fuck, I remember wrestling my my younger cousin one time and like legitimately like I dislocated his his elbow. I felt so yeah. bad. It was brutal, and I'm like, I'm watching it happen. I'm like, fuck, I was just trying to, like, keep you entertained, you know? Right. Like, I didn't mean you any harm. And, and, and like, the, the, the terror that you feel, like, I, I visited some sort of pain upon you. And then you, this gets revisited because family fucking sucks. <laughs> right? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know how, how, how the whites do it. But the 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 way that the way the Latinos do it, like we fucking suck. Oh yeah, no, you, we, you just, never, we just you constantly never, remind you of that. You shit. never live shit down. Yeah, no, 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 never, never. It, people the whites, the white, yeah, the, yeah. It, 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 whatever color you are, your family fucking sucks. A hundred percent. That is the only truth that I know in this life. But they're yours, damn it. But they're they are yours, and yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, there's there's something that that sat with me last night after I finished this that I think is one of the most brilliantly understated directorial cinematography decisions, whatever that I have noticed. I'm sure that there are things that have gone past me that were on this level of genius, mm -hmm. but this one got me when she comes out of the dream walk if you will, mm -hmm. of that. And uh, the the women are all standing around. One, um, when she's, she's with all these bruja, I, I, I love the fact that even though the, 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 the spiritual journey that she's gone on resulted in her realizing she had to walk away from her baby, I love that they're all smiling at her because like you said, these are all women who are confident in what they are. These are women who openly allow people to call them witches and they're going to do, and they're going to be happy. And so they realize they, they know when she comes out, what the result of this journey was, but they're smiling because they're happy for, it and so she can be who she wants to be. So that, 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 that beginning of that scene, but here comes the moment that I think what it is one of the most subtle while amazing things I've ever seen. They hand her a cup of water and that cup of water that they hand her is just, it's like a black coffee mug with gold inlay. Mm -hmm. And so while easily overlooked, there is something powerful in that. If you have ever heard of a Japanese pottery technique called Kintsugi, which is the idea that these women, uh, that well, mainly women, but just artists, will take broken pottery and fill in the gaps with gold so that they rebuild it and it's more beautiful than it was before it's that they they find the they replace the parts that are missing from when it was broken with gold 
so that the the end result is more beautiful than it was before it was broken. The, and come heels of us literally watching her be broken to pieces. And then when she comes out of that, she is a more whole woman who, yes, she smiles. She fucking smiles in that scene for the first time since she gets the results of her pregnancy test at the beginning of the movie. That is the first time when we see her happy is in that moment when she drinks out of that cup. And that cup, like I said, you could very easily, oh, they just grabbed a cup. But I don't for a second think that that cup was not specifically picked for this scene because of that. She has this spiritual walk. She is torn apart, makes what is probably going to be the hardest decision of her entire life. And ultimately, she is more whole and more beautiful as a person because of it. That scene is so remarkably powerful and can be boiled down to seeing her drink happily from that cup at the end and i that that got me so fucking good like this idea of i mean and it, it's not anything that's new it's not specific to this type of pottery i mean it's the phoenix thing right you've you've got to burn off everything that's bad to come back better and stronger and they just went the physical breaking route not the burning route but that was incredible to to give that little nod to if like i said you don't see it you can still get the same message but you see that and it cements everything that we're talking about right here in seeing her with that coffee mug so i just i thought that that was wildly good i just i couldn't wrap my head around being so good at like shooting a movie or writing a movie. I don't know if it was written into the script like that, but being so fucking good at getting your point across that you can drive home your message with a coffee cup. It, it, it blew me away. That was one of those moments where I go, things like this are why I can't make movies because never for a <laughs> second would it have occurred to me to grab, the, to use this particular coffee mug and then be like, you know, maybe they get it, maybe they don't, but I know why it's there. And sure, I am probably, you know, I'm I'm putting words in in the mouth of uh, what's um, uh, Michelle Severa. You know, I'm yeah. I'm putting words in her mouth, but I I'm very confident in saying that's why they chose that coffee mug. And I loved that little nod. It just that that ending scene was so damn good. N nothing in art is ever by accident. And right. uh, th although that slipped by me with your explanation, I think that that has to be yeah, very purposeful. It has to be purposeful. Um, and and I think that's that's the sort of art that's present in this movie. Um, and I think that last year there was so much good art in cinema in the in horror in particular that. I, I really think it's time for like we just fit, wrapped up award season, you know, like right. it, it it it's time for these awards to start really looking at heart and saying like, hey, I, I, I think it's time we have yeah. to start. We, we, we have to start paying 
paying homage to these things. Uh, because what's the last horror movie that was nominated for Best Picture? The Exorcist? Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. All right. 1991, was it? 93? Give or take. Somewhere yeah, around there. All right. Like, fucking 30 years? You kidding me? Right. How many good fucking horror movies have come and gone? You know, and, and watch this thing and tell me whether or not you liked it, that it's horror, that it's good, that it's art. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I, I can, I can watch something and say, it's not for me, but that shit was good. Right. And I, I, I can, uh, I can tell you, um, fuck. Um, Kendrick Lamar. There you Kendrick go. Lamar. I think is a perfect example. I don't like everything I hear from him, but I can tell you that shit's fucking fire. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, there's, there's talent there. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way with Taylor Swift. She don't make music for me, but I can never deny her talent and her ability. Like she's not yeah. making music for me and that's fine. We have a great business relationship, Taylor Swift and I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she makes music. I don't listen to it, but, but I, I can acknowledge that what she's very good at what she does. Uh, I think and, that's – oh, go ahead. I, well, I, I was just going to move on to the next thing. Oh, no, hold on. Before you move on, there are some other just uh, some really great things that went into the making of this. because I And because mm-hmm. the story of this movie was so light, I did find myself getting sucked into a lot of the filmmaking things that, that made it so good. And this movie does – this movie is a master class in being a an assault on your senses. Mm-hmm. essentially uh, especially your sense of hearing there are yeah. so many times where there's just a dog barking incessantly and you're you're trying to figure out what's going on and you're stressed and you're tense and you're like i wish somebody would shut that fucking dog up and so in those moments if if you have never had a kid and had that moment where it's been crying for 90 minutes and you just wish that they would be quiet, it's a lot like that scene where you just wish the dog would quit barking so you could yeah. have a couple of seconds to figure out what's going on. They do this with at the dinner with the jazz that's playing in the background yeah. and it gets real distorted and real squeaky and real loud. It does this for the scene where they go to what is a banging ass Mexican punk scene? Like, yeah. fuck yes. I really want to know if the punk scene in Mexico is like that. Cause I can only assume they didn't make that up for the movie. That was <laughs> rad as shit, but it was also like this Gigi Allen style lead singer. That was just, I know enough Spanish to go, okay, I know those were real words, but I also know they didn't string together in a way that made any fucking sense. You know, like it was, it was, it was like Mexican noise core and it was loud and it was insane. This movie is constantly just assaulting your ears. So on top of being tense, you're always in that moment of, Oh my God, I wish that whatever it was, the dog, the music, the band, I wish Mm -hmm. that they would shut up. And then it does the complete opposite when you do get to that scene where she is saying, oh, my God, I wish the baby would stop crying and the hands lifted up and then we get black screen and pure silence. And in that moment, you're going, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, I'm Bring sorry. I want all the noise yeah. back. Bring back the noise. Give me babies crying, dogs barking. Do something that 
transition from everything being so raucous and so loud and so absurd to that one black screen drove that moment home so powerfully. I was just, I, I, I constantly throughout that movie, I was amazed at how there was always something else that was just noisy enough to be annoying, but not so much that I didn't feel like it was adding to the movie. Um, yeah, man, that I think is, you've hit it right on the head with that. Um, for me, I think the use of theme themes like, um, is incredible the way that it supports story and character, um, and the way sound is used with that, right? Um, the the bone cracking to go back to that like light motif. Um, Any time that she's being paraded, yeah, like a, like like. Look at this mother. Look at this beautiful wife. Look at this thing. Look at this thing is what she is. Yeah, at that moment um, is when she starts cracking her knuckles. And we get that that sort of like, is La Huesera coming or is it her? Or is, is she, she in that moment? Yeah. Or is she? And then um, you talked about the jazz in in that one scene, right? Where like this is a business dinner. Yeah. He's 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 trying to make some deal with these people, right? And he invites them over to the house specifically because he wants them to see her. Mm-hmm. And he wants them to like get this impression that like you want to do business with me because I'm a family man. Look at right. my wife; she's pregnant. We're gonna have a baby. She built the crib by herself, and but she walks away. And I love this moment. It's a brilliant piece of it's, it's got to be directing because. Actors are good, but I don't know if they're this good. Um, he walks over when the crib has been lit on fire. And he sees what's going on. And he looks down the hallway to see what the others are seeing. Like, mm-hmm. are, they seeing are they seeing this? That's his concern. Right. Not the wife. It's what are they going to think? And I think that that's that's something, uh, again, the use of theme, that you are no longer a person. You're just a vessel. Vessel's the exact um, word I was about to use. That's, um, and and the, the scene that, that really kind of solidified that for me, that made me, I think, feel for Valeria the most, was because we never actually get to see intimacy between them like physical intimacy right um i'm like you're he's not he's not really having sex with you right she tried to and he was like ah no baby yeah weird. but but here's here's the thing because we get this really odd sex scene like right at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. where like she's just encouraging him she's like come on finish Right. Yeah. 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 It's, like it's not 
it's not hot. It's not sexy. It's like, this is a business transaction here. Right. And, um, the really interesting thing is that she's a pretty sexual person. Yeah. So when you start thinking back on that scene, you're like, damn, that was kind of weird. And then when she comes on to him, right. And like, she's an attractive person. I can't imagine anyone male or female that would turn her down. Right. right? And like, he's like, well, you know, what if we hurt the baby? I'm like, listen, man, <laughs> you ain't that big, buddy. All right. You're not going to be slapping this dude on the forehead. All right. It's not going to happen. Right. And then, All right? and then, but, but then on top of that, then we see the way that she is with Octavia. There we go. And the way that Octavia is with her, she treats her like a person, like a person with desires. Right. Because we never see her get off with Raul. Never. Right. Right. Because he, he, he does the gentlemanly thing. He's like, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You finished. Yeah, you're good, right? You finished, right? It's that. It's that's the question. Like, you finished, right? It's the assumption that like I was good enough, and so you know I'm done. So you're done, right? (laughs) Um, That thing, Octavia goes down on her. It's all about her. It's her moment, right? Because she's a person, and she's got desires outside of being a mother. Outside of being the vessel for the parasite that's sucking the life out of her, she's got desires and she has every right to have those desires fulfilled. I think that the the use of theme to really solidify what is going on, what this movie is really about Mm -hmm. is, is fantastic. It's, it's, to me, that's really where the beauty in this movie lies, because like we've talked about, stories almost not present. Right. It's so simple that it, it really just it, it, this is an ab- the director's ability to just drive home scene after scene after scene like a hey, your man. Make sure you don't fucking do this shit. Right. Your woman. Make sure you don't do this shit. And you're not doing the same shit that he's doing. It's a different thing. Just make sure you're not fucking doing that shit either. Right. And if this is what you want to do, do it because you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like I said, that's why I wanted to swap it up because that's, that is where the bulk of this, this talk was going to go was just about how well all of those different things were done in this movie. Uh, also, one giant scare that was, you know, scared me as much as it scared her. The spider that was on her wall in her workshop, and then it was gone. Sorry, you got to burn the workshop down. Like, we got to move. I'm not going to raise a child yeah. here. That spider uh, owns this house now. I apologize. Yeah. Well, uh, you're, you're, you're a Southern boy. So am I. Spiders are dangerous down here. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the worst. Yeah, no time for all that. But so no. we we keep talking about these names and and we we've given you a lot of this so far. But uh let's let's take a second to just talk about El Papel, right? The people yeah. of this movie. You know, who who are the characters? Who, there's there's what? Like seven that that actually have names, right? Like to, right. we we can we can kind of do this like Demeter, right? Start with one and we'll go back and forth till we've hit as many as we want to. Sure. Yeah. Um uh listen, I'm I, I talked about her already, but um, 
her aunt played by Mercedes Hernandez. Fuck man. Like there was something about her that like we we've all at some point in our lives had someone in our family who was there for us when we needed them. Mm -hmm. And it's been different family members at different points in my life. Um, and sometimes it's been family that has been chosen and not family that I was born into. Uh, but we all know, hopefully, we all have someone like that in our lives that can pick us up when everyone, including our own family, knocks us down and say, you matter, you're worth saving. And you're worth living. And right. be, be, because ultimately, I think that that is where the story would have gone. Had she not made that difficult, difficult decision at the end of the movie, it would have ended in either the the death of her daughter or her own death. Uh, more than likely, both of them. And um, and whether that is a physical death or not, um, her aunt saved her from yeah. that her aunt showed her like you have value beyond this thing that you think you need to be um she was played tenderly lovingly um in a lot of ways she reminded me of my great grandmother um who was not a terribly religious person but a very spiritual person i think in in, in the same way that um that this woman was uh, she was uh, descended of the Taino people of Cuba, and she was like this, like super spiritual person um, who, like, often spoke in like weird riddles. And like half the time, I was like, "I went, I got no idea what the fuck you're talking about." <laughs> but you are like just the coolest fucking woman. Um, and I have found myself thinking about her a lot since I watched this movie. Uh, so it's, it's it's really really interesting the way that like there's there's an energy about her where i think a lot of a lot of people know someone like this and if you do be there for that person because that person's going to be there for you yeah uh for me the first i, I first i, I want to talk about octavia um mm -hmm. uh, octavia was just she she was the one character in this movie who wasn't playing a role Right. Like the, yep. the, the, the mom, the sister, the, the, the husband, they're all playing the societal role that they're supposed to fall into. Now there are, you know, of uh, Raul may have actually, you know, felt like that, that it wasn't just a role for him. Maybe that's who he was trying to be and that he just kind of ended up with the wrong acting partner. Right. But mm -hmm. Octavia, she, she was who she was. She was, she was going to go to concerts and she likes chicks and she's good with that. She was going to run away from this town. She's going to go move to the mountains and just build a house in the bushes or whatever, you know, like she, right. she didn't give a fuck. And, and you, and you could see in her like how, how much it bothered her that that Valeria was trying to play this role instead of being who she knew uh, her to be, which, you know, was not a mom or a wife to a man or, you know, a good daughter and sister or anything like that. She knew who she was supposed to be. And you saw in her the frustration of dealing with Valeria 
living this other life that she knew wasn't right. You saw in her how she wanted for Valeria to to just be herself. And like you said, in that in in that that sex scene that we got, you know, while not pornographic in the slightest, it was it was very it was very sexy. It was very intimate. Like it was it was amazing because she got what in that moment she got Valeria to be who she knew her to be. Because not only did Octavia know who she was, she knew who Valeria was better than anyone in her life and she wanted her to be that so she's that good friend who will say shit to you that is totally out of pocket but that you need to hear you know she's that she's that friend who just lives their life and may not have any sort of relationship with any family members or anything because they're just out there doing the damn thing and you know we, we've all had that one person in our life where you're like man i kind of respect that you can do that but that's not me Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like you, 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 uh, like I got a buddy who just kind of like up and left everything and just like tours around and like work, like just goes city to city and he'll like pick up a job there for a little while, like at a restaurant or one time he was driving UPS and he just like does stand up in small clubs around there until there's not a lot of pop in it anymore. And then he just goes somewhere else and does it. And it's like, man, that's cool. That must be an awesome life. Like, that's not me. But like, I right. love that you were willing to just do that because you came to terms with who you are. And that's who Octavia was. Um, man, I'm torn about who to, who to talk about, but um, I think I'm just going to talk about Valeria, man. Uh, Natalia Solian is the actress who played Valeria. And this is her movie. Yeah. In, in in every respect, this is her movie. Um, I I really truly see in her the the conflict of like I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to do this, and and then that for me I think what really truly sells it is the scene where she does finally find the baby in the refrigerator the way that she holds that baby and cries yeah like i can't believe what i just did never been so believe... happy to find a baby in a refrigerator right never <laughs> I, I found a baby once um <laughs> i um i've 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 never even um accidentally done something like that to my children Right. But um, but I have like, you know, in throwing your baby, right? Like like everyone throws their kid onto a bed or onto a couch or something like the fucking roll off. Yeah. Hit a head or something like that. Like if, if you've got kids, you've played with your kids. And if you've played with your kids, you've hurt your kids. Correct. That feeling of like, fuck, I just hurt you. And, you know, the guilt that you feel like I was trying to be a good dad and in trying to be a good dad, I hurt you. Um, that is like what we saw in the movie is amplified by like 6,000 million gajillion. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know what number highly it is. Highly scientific. But, but yes, yeah, some some sort of highly scientific and real number. Um, uh, not one of them imaginary numbers that I learned about in the algebras. <laughs> um, this, uh, that is fuck man like I, I I knew it even though I don't really know that 
Um, but like, I, I, I knew that feeling where it was like, oh, God, you really don't want to do this, do you? But you also like, this is an innocent life here. And you need you, you anyone would protect that innocent life. Anyone, right. any, anyone would, unless you're a psychopath, but she's not a psychopath. She's not. No. And, and, and I, 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 it, it upsets me that anyone would watch this movie because I know people have, cause I've read some of the like user reviews on Google, uh, you know, so, some of the viewer reviews on like Rotten Tomatoes because the movie's like stupid fresh. It's like 97% mm-hmm. fresh, but the audience score is lower. Still fresh, but much, much lower. And on iTunes, it's like somewhere around like 50%. And people take issue with the fact that she doesn't want to be a mother. Right. And I'm like, but you're proving the fucking point. Like (laughs) you, you you don't get it. And she plays that conflicted feeling so, so well. Yes. Um, I, Look, I, she, it, she, she knocked it out of the park, man. If, if you are watching this movie and it is bothering you that she's a woman and doesn't want to be a mother, you're part of the fucking problem. You're the yeah. reason that this, that this message was relayed in this movie. Like that, that just, that's insane to me. Like that's, that's a whole nother level of missing the point. Like if you could watch this movie and be like, it's bullshit that she's a woman and doesn't want to be a mother. It's like. That's the, what? I don't, what? <laughs> Did you, uh, I'm so confused by yeah. you. But like I said, that's, those people are the reason this movie exists. So even if they watched it and hated him, I, I guess it's great that we got a wonderful movie out of it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the one other character, Raul, he, he's, he's such a douche, right? Yeah. And he's just like, dude, like you get, because you're right. Like even in the very first scene you get with him, like it is, the most like sterile cookie cutter like fake yeah. ass sex ed tape like intercourse i, I don't like I don't even want to call it sex right like that was just like intercourse. it's procreation yeah, yeah like it was it was so fucking lame just the whole thing and then it's like yeah dude oh no I can't have sex with you you're pregnant and then you know like fussing at her about this and that and and then talking to his mom, like it's not even his mom who says we should institutionalize yeah. it. It's him. Like it is. What? Yeah. And and she's the one who comes to to her defense. Yeah. And she's like, like she's she's pregnant. Yeah. Like, yeah, just just I mean, just fuck this dude. Like he was, but you know, but also in in uh, in in defense of uh of Alfonso Dosal. He did a great fucking job of it. Like he did. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that, it's that thing with heels and wrestling, right? Like where you're like, I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to hate you and I fucking do. So you're doing your job well. So I have to give you credit for that because yeah, he, he made me despise this character of Raul. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stand anytime this dude was on screen. I was so mad at the yards there, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't stand when this guy was around because it was just like, oh, oh, you're just the worst, dude. And you're not yeah. you're not sticking up for her, like out at this dinner while they're all telling the story. You're not you're not coming to her defense and being like, oh, but she was a kid and now she's going to be a great mom. Like you're just sitting there yucking it up with her yeah. sister while she roasts her like, dude, fuck you. Like, I, I just uh, 
I was I was so sick of that dude by the end where it's like I get she has to walk away, but I kind of hate that this guy gets to still have a baby out of it. And and I I think that that's something that I actually liked. I like the fact that he wasn't at least from what we could tell a bad father. Yeah, that is true. Because I I think that I see Kirishichi. That made me laugh. Oh, dude, I laughed so hard because we we all want Chichi. Yeah, exactly. I I think I said that exact same thing out loud. I was like, Like, yeah, we all we all want Chichi. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Just (laughs) plop a nipple in anyone's mouth and they're happy. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, that um, that I think is 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 something that I see often. There, I, I think there's very few people that are bad at everything. But what I do see often is like, you're a bad dad, but a good husband. Or more commonly, you're a bad husband, but a good father. Um, And, and, and I think that that's real. Right. I think that, that, that that's very real. And you can, you can look at someone in a very limited way and say but that's a good person but they're not to me right they're not to you and when the story is yours as valeria the guy's a piece of shit yeah exactly ultimately it doesn't matter if he's a good father i need a husband who's going to support me and you don't support me there has to be something about raul that attracted her in the first place Good call. They wouldn't. They, they they wouldn't have been together otherwise. Because um, even if she thought I have to marry a man, why that man? There had to have been something that drew her to him in the first place. I right. have to imagine that at some point, because they, they they do seem to have something at the beginning of the movie. There is yeah. some sort of joy, some sort of um, playfulness there. Even if it's like you're my friend, yeah. Um, there had to have been something there, but the moment she's pregnant, it's gone. Yeah. All she is, is a vessel for the baby. And, um, I think that he does a really good job of showing that where he's like, he's good with her family. Right. Because a lot of guys is like, oh yeah, my fucking in-laws like, no, he's good with her family. He's good with his mom to a fault because he's clearly a mama's boy who yeah. would who's who's still suckling at the teat right um uh it, it was like uh fuck what's this kid on game of thrones oh uh, i can't remember his yeah. name the one from but the he, veil the one from the veil yeah where yeah. you know he's, he's like 13 years old and he's still you know suckling at the mother's teat it's like yeah you fucking ass <laughs> get off yeah get off Give the teat. Up. you know so and, and, and but he's a terrible husband. He's yeah. a terrible husband, at least in that instance where we see him, that nine-month period. You're a piece of shit, man. Yeah. Because that's when your wife needs you the most. And not just then, in the months after. Because postpartum depression is a real thing. Yeah. And if you think it's like, you know, oh, you just got to, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going. Like, you, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So, uh, is there anybody else you want to talk about, or 
Those are really, I think, yeah. the four because when I said I was torn between who to discuss it, it was him or yeah. uh, or Natalia Solian. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was with it too. So that's going to take us to the final part here where it is time for us to rate this movie. As we like to remind you every week, we only rate a movie against itself. So as we look at uh, Waseda, we are not rating it against any movies that we've referenced compared it to here. We are just looking at Waseda. And in order to do that every week, we create a unique rating system. And, you know, really... For a movie called The Bone Woman, for a movie that is just constantly assaulting your auditory sense, there's really only one thing. And Dave, I got to know, out of a possible five, Cracking Knuckles, what do you give Waseda? Dude, like on the simple basis that I can't think of anything wrong with this movie, it's got to be a five for me. And I know that we gave a five last week too actually i think it might have been a six no we, um, we gave a six to the but yeah yeah that, that that was that was the gold star um you know I, I i i i almost don't want to give it a five because i feel like I've, I've been almost um like so positive lately on the ones that we've done but um then that would be considering other movies and right. not this one and I, I gotta be honest on the basis of art it's perfect it's masterful on the basis of acting. It's perfect on the basis of sound. It's perfect. There is nothing about this movie that I would say I would change that. It's, um, you know, because I, I even don't, I can't imagine abandoning my children. I can't. And I, 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 I can't say I understand that decision either, but I understand that, people need to make that decision. So right. like even as someone who like doesn't necessarily like the ending in that way, fuck what a movie, man. Yeah, I have actually all day long had the exact same struggle of like are we really going am I really going to open the year with like back to back, you know, a gold star and then a perfect score, but yeah, I am. This is five cracking knuckles for me. Uh I've watched it twice in 24 hours. I have I have labored over trying to find real folklore and mythology of of La Wuseta, which is a real thing. Um, it's a very oh, loose, it okay? yes, it's a very loose Mexican folk tale of a woman who would collect bones and then put them together and create something new. Like uh, she especially a couple of things I found said she especially liked wolf bones, but then after she but then. But then where it gets weird is sometimes uh, in the in the tales, she would collect all the bones. Then when she had a full set, she'd put them together. She'd breathe life into it. Then it would run away. And then it would sometimes transform into a woman. So um, it's an interesting myth, right? But anyway, poured over that. Yeah, yeah poured over that folklore today. Like you said, there, there, there's nothing I would change. There's nothing I would change. Uh, this is the most scared I've been in a very long time uh, for very different reasons than the last time I got, you know, this scared, uh, but it, it was, it, it was, it was very different, but I was, I was just, I was mortified and scared and just, and having to remember to breathe at certain points yeah. during this movie, it, it did so much and it was so great. And like I said, just even upon second viewing, there there were even more things that I was kind of picking out. And you're right, because I did have that moment where when it ended the first time, I said, ah, I don't know. Like, maybe that's a shitty ending. But maybe it's the right ending 
right? Because like we've said, if you watch this movie and you say, I don't like that she doesn't want to be a mom. I don't like that she walked away from her kid. And you let that affect how much you like the movie instead of reflecting on the fact that those are her character. That's who she is. And just because it's not right for you doesn't mean it's not right for her. If you watch it and you let those things affect how much you like it, instead of respecting the fact that it is appropriate character development, then you're part of the problem. And so, yeah, I've got to go five cracking knuckles on this too, man. It was that damn good. It's, it's an empowering ending. Yes. It's an empowering ending. And, And I think that part of, this movie is the fact that it is such a um divisive ending but it is the kind of ending that requires you to do reflection right and i think the best art is the art that sticks with you and 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 in uh, on that basis alone it's a triumph yeah absolutely so so, so, so there you have it yeah uh, we are at a solid, I mean, it's, it's five, it's five out of five cracking knuckles across the board, unanimous 2024 off to a roaring start with some wonderful oh, yeah. scores here. Um, we are going to continue going back through some stuff from 2023 that we've missed. Uh, we've got some, we've got some messages here about some people who want to be on the show. We're going to be reaching out to some folks this week. If you are interested in following us on all of our social media, you can always head to shiverpod.com where you will find links to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Of course, on all of those things, we are at ShiverPod. Feel free to follow us on all those. We are now broadcasting live every Wednesday on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We would love if you watch with us, if you chime in, especially if it's something that you've seen. Understand the low live watch on this one. It was kind of an obscure pick, but we're going to get back to some more mainstream theatrical release stuff, some stuff that people want to talk about. But I'm so glad that we did this one. Head to shiverpod.com, follow those links to us on social media, reach out to us, and also head to our T Public shop where you can get some of our cool merch. Yeah, absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much.